Blog Talk Radio. You're tuned in to Dynamic Dojo Talk TV with, with Rusty and Cash. Your source for martial arts talk right here on Facebook Live Video. Dynamic Dojo Talk TV with Rusty right now. Kat's not here with me uh, this evening because she is on a flight coming back from Virginia, the other side of the country. She uh, had done some teaching over there over the weekend, and she's flying back, so she can't join us. So it's just me today. So there you go. Um, Anyway, it is the 20th already the 20th of October and this year I tell you what has been flying by flying by um but anyway tune in uh keep tuned in because a bit later we're going to be talking a little bit about tournament competition tips and tricks for new competitors and it doesn't matter whether or not it's karate taekwondo bjj grappling whatever cuz you know the the same first-timer emotions and and, uh, butterflies and stuff like that apply to many people in any martial art when they're competing for the first time. And, uh, you know, let's answer some questions about uh, about tournament competition. Like, for example, why do people, why do some people, um, why do some people don't want to compete? Why why do they kind of poo-poo it and and avoid it? Um, Why do some schools require that their students compete, especially for promotion. I haven't met, you know, anyone that has, that goes to a dojo where it's required that you attend a tournament. Um, no, I take that back, maybe in BJJ. But, you know, in karate, it, it hasn't been uh, a requirement for promotion or anything like that. So let's answer some of those questions. Um, and um, also, we want to hear from you guys. Go ahead and comment in the comments below when we come to that discussion, or you can call us. We are simulcasting on Blog Talk Radio right now, so we have phone lines. So our old Blog Talk Radio phone line is going to go live at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 347-677-0699, right up there. So you can call us. It's a lot easier than coming on with your um, uh, with your. Well, video camera, but if you do want to join us with your video camera, um, just let me know. Um, yeah, just let me know in the comments. I'll, I'll hopefully I'll see your uh, see your comment and post the link on how to join. All right, and let's back up in our comments here. Everyone's everyone's commenting a mile a minute. Um, looks like John Lupo just shot his headphones somewhere across the room somehow. <laughs> I don't know how he did that. But anyway, um, Maddie Elvins is listening from Australia um, and watching from Australia, and he's already answering a question. We're not going to discuss it until 6.30, Maddie, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, feature his comment here real quick. He goes, um, I think if you need to compete, you need to train like a demon to be the best. You have to train 
to be the best. Indeed, I know how it goes. A lot of you out there that are uh, regional or national or world champions know that you have to train, train, train. And even if you win, you have to train four times as much because the people that lost will will come after you and they, <laughs> and they want that gold medal next year, right? So you have to keep training. Um, so um, Wes also says, um, I'm going to do some intro and liners for you. Shoot me some scripts. No charge. Love you guys. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Awesome. So, Wes, I would love your voice on an intro and some liners. <laughs> that would be cool because, um, I mean, I have one, but it would be it would be nice to have uh, some intro and and uh, in, uh, at least, even if it's just uh, you know voice audio that kind of thing, I can add some music to it or you know special effects and stuff like that. I would love your voice. Now, Wes Bennett. Um, he has a show, Wes in the Morning. I forgot your station, Wes. Waking up with Wes. I don't remember what station that is. But anyway, post it down below so everyone can know. And he has a voice. He's got the most coolest voice for radio, I tell you what. So anyway, thanks for your offer, Wes. Um, Danny Bolden writes, tournament competition. You must remember winning isn't everything. Um, winning isn't everything. Attitude is never stop training. That's right. So if anyone wants to continue on that, uh, on that, uh, subject of tournament competition, uh, tips, tricks for kata competition, um, point sparring or even semi-contact point sparring, that kind of thing. Um, we're going to actually discuss that for real at six 30 my time after 6 30 depending on how long this first segment goes and we have a phone number 347-677-0699 right there all right and john lupo says you're all alone with us dun, dun, dun. um hey janie's watching and uh janie writes ata i believe requires their students to compete as part of their curriculum wow all right Taekwondo, I guess, you know, all the Taekwondo people that I've met um, are very skilled and uh, have no problem with competition. I, you know, I've never met a Taekwondo person that kind of poo-pooed competition. Uh, many of my students, though, over the years have been afraid of competition, uh, mainly because they're afraid of letting me down. But, you know, and I keep reassuring them it has nothing to do with that. You're, it's a learning experience, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they're still scared. But we'll talk more about that at around 6.30. So let's move on to our birthdays, shall we? Um, Let's see here. Do, do, do. I need to get my get my stuff together here. Hey, how come that's not going up there? Why isn't that going up? Hmm. Oh, I know why. <laughs> let's get rid of some. Let's get rid of some other stuff here. Okay. So birthdays. Um, I don't have any for tomorrow or Monday, but Tuesday, October 22nd, we've got John Hedgespeth. His birthday is tomorrow. Um, on the 23rd, Wednesday, Greg Harker, Brock Doyle, and Kalen Storm. On Thursday, the 24th, Bruce Reed. On Friday, the 25th, we've got Scott Nelson. Uh, Malcolm Robinson, 
Mike Del Mar. Now, Mike Del Mar passed away last year, so uh, rest in peace, good old Mike, and Ain Wynn. And that is it from my birthdays. So let's go south of the border for some birthday music for these people. Here we go. From the Gulf to the mountains, the city lights and fountains, we hope your birthday's excellent. You are another year older, so perhaps you should be generally awesome. Because today is your day. Hola. You deserve a grand fiesta, and later on fiesta, and the best of everything. Or not. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rick Kellerman writes in and he writes, I require my students to compete to qualify for their black belts, but this includes at our own in-school tournaments. The reason is not to compete against others, but to overcome themselves, their fears and their insecurities. It's a personal battle. Agreed. And that's what I tell my students also, that there is a lot of learning uh, when you compete for a first time, I think that the biggest, the biggest thing that sits in people's minds that, that makes them want to avoid tournaments is of course, um, feeling a pressure to win. And I've told my students that it's rare that someone goes to a tournament for a first time and wins right off the bat, unless they are uber duper skilled. Um, you know, and uh, I tell them stories about how I was a brown belt until I finally started placing. So, you know, it just takes a lot of hard work and you learn how to adapt um, and in a sense, play the play the game, play the tournament game, learn what the judges want to see and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, base your kata on that if you're doing kata or, you know, learning a little bit about ring management when you are doing point fighting. But anyway, like I said, we're going to discuss all that at 630. So that way we can actually get on with the first uh, part of this uh, of the show. So for those of those of you that just tuned in, Kathy Long is not joining me today because she is on a plane right now flying in from Virginia. And I'm going to have to uh, go down to the airport to pick her up at about one in the morning. And um, that doesn't suck for me because I don't have to work tomorrow until 11. However, Kat has to go to work at five o'clock tomorrow <laughs> and she's not coming in until one. It's going to be an interesting day for her. <laughs> so anyway, with that said, um, uh, we don't have any events um, that I have on my ticker. So with that, let's move on to the health news. So let's see if I can push my health news up there. There we go. So, all right. So <clears throat> for the health, and you know what? I'm missing my stinger. Where's my stinger? Let's go ahead and find my stinger. Health news. Where is it? There we go. I think. Right. 
this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about breakfast and how it affects working out. So, studies might prime the body to burn carbohydrates during exercise more rapidly and uh, to digest food more effectively after working out. And uh, researchers at the University of Bath um, have found this out. Now, scientists from the university's Department of Health, working with colleagues at the universities of Birmingham, Newcastle, and Sterling, were studying the effects of eating breakfast versus fasting overnight before an hour's cycling. In a control test, breakfast was followed by three hours rest. The volunteers ate a breakfast of porridge made with milk two hours before exercise. Post-exercise arrest, the researchers tested the blood glucose levels and muscle glycogen levels of the 12 healthy male volunteers who took part. They discovered that eating breakfast increased the rate at which the body burned carbohydrates during exercise, as well as increasing the rate that body digested and metabolized food eaten after exercise, too. They discovered that eating breakfast, um, oops, sorry, I just read that. (laughs) Now, Dr. Javier Gonzalez, who is the senior lecturer in the Department of Health, who co-led this study, says, This is the first study to examine the ways in which breakfast before exercise influences our responses to meals after exercise. We found that compared to skipping breakfast, eating breakfast before exercise increases the speed at which we digest, absorb, and metabolize carbohydrates that we may eat after exercise. Um, Now, Bob Edinburgh, who who also co-led the study, also said, we also found that breakfast before exercise increases carbohydrate. I can't talk. Increases carb burning during exercise, and that this carbohydrate wasn't just coming from the breakfast that they had just eaten, but also from carbs stored in our muscles as glycogen. This increase in the use of muscle glycogen may explain why there was more rapid clearance of blood sugar after lunch when breakfast had been consumed before exercise. This study suggests that at least after a single bout of exercise, eating breakfast before exercise may prime our body and ready it for rapid storage of nutrition when we eat meals afterwards. And this study is uh, published in the American Journal of Physiology, Endocrinology, and Metabolism. So there you go. And there's a, they, they also mentioned that there's uh, going to be a lot more studies done on that. Um, um, It is said, quote, by uh, Mr. Edinburgh, in particular, there is a clear need for more research looking at the effect of what we eat before exercise on health outcomes. But with overweight participants who might be at increased risk of type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease, these are some of the questions we will now try to answer. So there you go. Now, how many of you out there eat breakfast before exercise and how many of you eat breakfast after exercise um when i was training heavily um in wushu for competition i uh i would eat a very small breakfast uh before my training and then eat again afterwards and um that that kept my energy up but during that time i during that time I was training, like, 
you know, six hours straight and then having to teach classes um, as well as uh, go to work. So, you know, I found that I had to eat all the time, (laughs) pretty much all the time. I think I ate six times a day uh, when I was training like that. Um, And was it fun? Yes. But, you know, right now, um, it seems that my uh, metabolism is slowing down a little bit. So if I ate six times a day, I'm going to pack on the pounds. So anyhow, hey, Tom Dwyer has joined us. Tom Dwyer from the Big Daddy Roadshow. And Jane goes, hey, Tom, how are you? Um, and Tom, Tom, um, uh, sorry, I'm trying to find his comment here. Tom was recently in the hospital. How you doing, brah? I hear you're doing better. So that's good. Um, Danny Bolden writes, I eat oatmeal and banana before working out. Oh, that sounds good. I love good oatmeal and fruit in the morning. I like putting stuff like raisins and uh, walnuts and uh, coconut, uh, uh, shredded coconut, and uh, just a little bit of coconut milk on top. And sometimes a little bit of uh, dark uh, dark chocolate or, uh, you know, those uh, Filipino uh, cocoa discs. I just kind of shave a few, uh, shave a few shavings on top and boom, I'm set to go. (laughs) Anyhow, um, so that was the health news. So there you go. So let's move on to our weirdness of the week. My computer's running really slow. I don't know what's going on. I need to just, I need to just, uh, bite the bullet and buy a bit more memory for this guy. I've got blog talk radio and, um, be live running at the same time. So, you know, it's not working so well anyway. I I look at this story and I just have to laugh. And um, it's weird because it comes out of Florida, you know, Florida, where everything weird happens. Why is it that it's always Florida? I don't know. Authorities say a Florida man repeatedly called 911 to report that his roommate had stolen his marijuana. Now, I find that funny because recreational marijuana is still illegal in Florida. It's legal here in Washington. I think it's legal down in California um, and a few other states, but it's not legal in Florida. (laughs) A deputy for the Pasco County Sheriff's Office posted a Twitter response to the man's calls this past Saturday night. He said, stop calling. Deputy Neil Zalva says in the Twitter video um, that he posted that he called the man back to tell him to quit contacting the sheriff's office about his stolen weed. Zalva recorded the video as part of the agency's hashtag tweet along program, which allows viewers to get a behind the scenes look at the police work by the deputies. A sheriff's uh, office spokesman says that no charges were filed against the caller. Sheriff's Office Communications Director Kevin Dahl said Tuesday that they, or yeah, this past Tuesday, that they just wanted the man to stop calling. Stop calling us about your damn stolen weed. I, I mean, what kind of idiot? You know, it's illegal. Someone steals your pot, and then you're going to call 911 to report that someone stole your weed. Sheriff's Office Communications. That's just that's just amazing. 
<laughs> anyway, um, I don't know why I was getting a uh, – oh, hold on, folks. I am getting – I mean, what kind of idiot, you know? That was weird. Hmm. That was weird. You hear that? Did you hear that uh, um, echo there, folks, or is it just me? Hmm. Anyway, so that's the weirdness of the week. <laughs> just, just, just stop calling us about your damn weed. Anywho, so no cat's corner today, you guys. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Cat is on a plane from the East Coast. She's uh she was over there um teaching for um a Joe Lewis organization. So she taught a bunch of kickboxing seminars over the weekend. And uh there we go. Anyhow, week let's go to the comments. Jane writes, now that I am doing intermittent fasting, I don't uh, eat for 16 hours. I don't eat until 1 p.m. And then it's just protein and salads within a six-hour window and stop eating after six. You know, I want to do something like that, the intermittent fasting, and then trying to re revamp my eating schedule. Because right now, <clears throat> when I leave the studio, I leave the studio about 8.30 or 9-ish, depending on the classes. And I'm starving because usually what I do is I eat breakfast at around 6 or 6.30 in the morning. And then at around 12, I have lunch. And then there's nothing going on as far as any food except for maybe like a protein shake or something like that until I get done with my classes. Because right after I get out of work, boom, I run to the dojo and I'm there until 9. And um, it's hard to eat. Because unfortunately, my classes go back to back. So I don't have time to go out and get something to eat. And to tell you the truth, during the work days, I'd much rather not go out to get like junk food or taco time or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'd much rather eat my own food <laughs> that I make here. So I guess what I need to do is either A, the night before I go to work, I pack myself my little snack bag, right? I eat my breakfast, eat my lunch, and in the 15, 20-minute break that I have before I have to start teaching, I can just eat my dinner um, and uh, maybe like salads or small snacks and stuff like that and um, try not to eat after 6 or 7 p.m. So I'm still working on that, still working on that. So we'll see what happens. I've gained a little weight, got a little pooch going on here in my tummy. <laughs> Anyhow, well, let's do this, folks. We are actually running a little bit early. It's only 623 right now. And since we don't have Cat's Corner, um, that's uh, that's going to put us on the early thing here. So let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, let's talk about tournament competition for first timers. We want to hear your tips, your tricks. Um, and, you know, perhaps, you know, tips outside of letting people know that it's a learning experience and this and that. Um, I'm interested in getting tips from you guys on how first timers can or even like, you know, seasoned tournament competitors, how they can 
make their experience better at tournaments, how to perform better, uh, the right mindset, um, stuff like that, even down to little things like ironing your uniform. (laughs) So we'll be back right after a short break. Don't go away, folks. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters and the Ad Council. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh! Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Packers. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live united. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live united. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Greetings and welcome to the world's first and only Martial Arts History Museum. My name is Michael Matsuda. I'm founder and president of the museum. Designed as an educational facility, the museum is a fun place for young people and visitors to experience art, history, culture, and tradition and its relationship to the martial arts. Created as a timeline, it reveals how Asian history has had a unique and positive effect on American history. In just under an hour, visitors will be able to explore the culture and tradition of China, Japan, Korea, the Philippines, Thailand, and even Hawaii. You will be impressed with our section on the history of anime and the role Walt Disney played in changing the world. In our media section, visitors will enjoy reliving their past as they examine our historical timeline of martial arts and film, TV, and print. And as a bonus, visitors will get a thrill from our props from a variety of martial arts movies, including The Karate Kid, Kung Pao Movie, Revenge of the Ninja, Wendy Wu, Big Trouble in Little China, and many more. From Anna Mae Wong to President Theodore Roosevelt, to Bruce Lee to Avatar The Last Airbender and The Ninja Turtles, the martial arts has not only transformed American history, but it changed the world. The museum is a fun and exciting place to visit for the whole family. All the displays here were designed by the artists from Disney, DreamWorks, The Simpsons, and Halloween Artists. If you are part of the Unified School District, head up a homeschool, boys and girls club, the Boy Scouts, or even church groups, your kids will have a fun time experiencing different cultures and Asian history. I know that there are many great museums out there for our kids to enjoy and explore. 
Now you can put the Martial Arts History Museum on that list of places to visit. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show. Your source for martial arts talk radio. All right. Hi, everybody. If you're just tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk TV, and we are simulcasting on Blog Talk Radio and right here on BeLive TV. And we've got a visitor. I'm going to bring up his mic here real quick. I had to mute you, Tom. Let me go ahead and uh, get your camera up, too. <coughs> I had to mute me, too, because I was coughing up a lung. I'm getting wow. over this cold. Hey, dude, look at all that facial hair oh. stuff going on. I didn't recognize you. I wouldn't have recognized Listen. you without the bat behind you. <laughs> right? Listen, I just went down Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole. I took a pill that the doctor prescribed and went cold turkey and spent uh, the last seven days in a Philadelphia psychiatric hospital. Ha-ha! What the <laughs> Right? I'm not doing, I didn't do it just to get ratings either. I just I just want to tell everybody out there, if you ever get medication from your doctor, I was given a sleeping pill, a uh, nerve pill, like for anxiety, uh-huh. to get me back to normal sleeping patterns. Uh-huh. I, went to the pharma- I went to the pharmacy, and it wasn't in with my diabetic pills, uh-huh. and I didn't question it because I thought it was just a sleeping pill. Right. Big mistake. So anyway, I, but I am from the Big Daddy Roadshow. I'm, I'm the biggest fan of Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio, and I miss Cat too. But I figured, hey, before you start talking about tips for uh, your competitions, because I can't help you in that department, I just say, hey, we're listening from the East Coast, so you're coast to coast. Whoop, whoop, coast to coast <laughs> with the hosts with the most. <laughs> there you right. go. And we just. And if you want to hear the whole story, I just recorded it with Uncle Bruno, and we had so many online celebrities that were hitting hitting me up. And you know, you were live; you were doing your own show, but it was really cool to see all the other internet uh, personalities come and say, "Hey, wow, I'm glad you're doing better." Yeah, dude. I mean, I just saw your post um, yesterday from I don't know if it was from yesterday or a couple days prior, right? Stupid Facebook yeah. algorithms, right? Well, cat. And Kat uh, sent me a private message and she said, Tom, I'm so out of the loop. What the hell's going on? And I, it's too, I'm going to do shows about it because I want people to realize that we have to be held accountable for what anything we put in our bodies. And I want to tell you before, when I used to run, I always ate before I ran, I had Melba toast and two eggs mm. and then I would run. Yeah. Carbs. But, Carbs but yeah, I, when you go to a, when I was in the diagnostic center, uh, like I didn't get actually, well, I mean, I was, I was admitted to the hospital. I was in the hospital, but I didn't, thankfully, I didn't go beyond the diagnostic floor because I was having withdrawal from a pill called clonazepam, which again, I thought the doctor, he said sleeping pill. I'm an idiot. I thought it was a higher dose sleeping pill than you'd get at Rite Aid, like uh-huh. a sleep aid. So when I stopped taking it, I didn't think any different about it. I just thought it was like a sleeping pill. Right. I got back to, and uh, guess what? It was in the benzo family. And my 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 message is, if you ever get prescribed medication for sleeping or anxiety, make sure you know what you're ingesting because I'm telling you, it was full blown out Willy Wonka's chocolate factory crazy. I went through. I'm telling you, it was brutal. Wow. So. I checked, I checked out of the universe for a while, and I've got myself 98% better. I only have like 2% fuzziness, and uh, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, which I really don't have any enemies, but you know what I'm saying? I right, right. It was a, I, w- I think I detoxed at home alone. I just said I'm just going to tough it out, 
finally Uncle Bruno and a couple other friends says, go to the ER, Tom. You're not right. And yeah. they were right. I was wrong. So don't don't feel ashamed if you have some kind of anything a situation like that, or if you're if you're addicted to drugs or alcohol, same thing. Get to the ER if the professionals can help you. Exactly. So I just want I because you didn't have Cat's Corner. I thought, hey, let me go live and fill that little bit of space. And yeah. Then get right back to the martial arts talk. Let's do it. I don't want to hijack your show. I just want to say that Cat called me or sent me a private message saying, hey, what's up, Big Daddy? So if you want to know what's up, just watch. Me and Bruno just did a whole show. We covered. Um, Everything from Bridget to Midget was in the news for stabbing somebody. Big news there. Whoa. And we talked about my experience. And there was a lot of people in chat asking questions and making comments. And anyway, uh, I love your show, as always. I wasn't able to watch it in the hospital because they took our cell phones off us. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, you know, I think that's what they what they have to do when they, in situations like that, right? <laughs> and, and guess what? They got my blood sugar the lowest ever. So between all the problems, they got all my medical things, like the best I've ever seen them in years. So watch out in the future. Season five of the Big Daddy Roadshow starts this coming week. Wow. Nice. Get, get ready. So thanks for having me on. And if you have any questions for me, just shoot me a PM or something. But tell Kat I send my love and I send my love to you, Rustita. As Thank always, you, you're rocking it. Nobody does the shows for martial arts like you. There's nobody better. Uh, thank you, man. You rock, too. You guys out there, check out the Big Daddy Road Show. It is an adult-oriented podcast. So don't listen to it with, like, nine-year-olds nope. around. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Put in your nope. earphones, and it is yep. great. Sometimes it's just so hilarious, I, like, almost puke because I'm laughing. So sometimes, sometimes I piss myself. I really do. <laughs> I don't, there was that one show I was on with you where I, I was like, I was choking on. Time. You have to come again to yeah. you and you and because, you know, we're going to have the beautiful Jennifer return. We have the queen of gore coming back on because she loves everything for Halloween. It's Halloween. Um, that's right. Right. And we're having a Halloween costume contest. If you, if you, if nice. you, uh, you, you pay up 10 bucks, it's a winner take all. Plus I'll give away big daddy roadshow t-shirts to the winner. And I second and third, I give like little prizes, you know, something cool, Sweet. but we, it was really big. Uh, uh, the last time we did it, people really dug it. And some of the costumes were like mind bendingly cool and a lot of work went into them. So we're pretty pumped about season five. We don't really make money. We're still not making money at this, but we love it. We like talking mm -hmm. bullshit, uh, improv comedy and serious talk too. We do serious shows too. Like when we, when we interviewed you and, cat with the martial arts so we we kind of go everywhere on my show you know the drill yep it's fun go check it out he's on facebook just look up big daddy road show or check out tom dwyer his personal page we're, we're all over the internet it's like we're like the flu we just keep yeah going out he's, there. He's, he's got a really popular show go check it out you guys he he is so cool <laughs> thank you Rustita. I'll, I'll let bro. you back to your show i'm listening on all the right. east coast Thanks, bruh. East Coast, host with the most over there. Boom, boom. We'll see you later, bud. Pow. See ya. See ya. All right. And that was Tom Dwyer. <laughs> Big Daddy Roadshow. Check it out, folks. I, I, I guarantee it's it's pretty funny. And like I said, it's 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 adult oriented. And his show, like ours, isn't like you know rigidly scripted. You know, like you know talk shows could be right um it's like it's like sitting down with a bunch of friends over coffee or over a beer and uh you know just shooting the breeze and talking about certain subjects and 
you know, where the conversation goes, it goes sometimes. And, you know, it, it is a lot like when, when people come in live and do a show, it is a lot like you're sitting there with some friends and another friend walks by. Hey, 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 sit down, sit down. It's pretty cool. So check it out. Big Daddy Roadshow. All right. So let's get right into our subject here. And our subject is martial arts competitions, uh, uh, first timers type of type of stuff. Um, and we're looking for you guys out there, skilled martial artists, to help give some tips to these first timers. Now, these first time competitors or, or relatively new competitors could be very young um could uh be adults but have been competing for a few years um uh, but for those of you that have you know competed a lot uh won a lot of gold medals first place regional uh, uh rankings uh, national rankings uh world championships and stuff like that we want to hear from you because uh we value your input all right <clears throat> and tom tom writes you explained it perfectly the show it is it is like that tom you know sitting around having a beer and a friend walks by hey what you doing brah sit down and you know and then that person brings their um their experiences and and their personality under the table much like when we do our show here it's great and you know he's right we don't make money off of it we do it because we love the broadcast we love um just getting out there with you guys and, and bringing show topics or certain topics to the show and getting your guys' input because you guys are part of the show um, here on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. It's not me and Kat. It's you guys out there. There would not be a show if it weren't for you guys and your input. So with that said, tournament competition, tips and tricks. So I had... I had a few people interested in competing. They told me um, last year that they were interested in competing in local tournaments, not like national ones, because, you know, we know that they have to work up to that, but uh, local tournaments. And I said, okay, well, let's get some forms choreographed and we'll go from there. And then later, um, like a month later, they had changed their mind. And uh, I said, now, is it because you guys are, like, afraid of competing? And they were like, well, it's not so much that. It's it's more like, you know, what if we lose? So you are afraid of competing. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, here's, here's the thing. You know, I'm going to just start. While you guys are typing out there some tips for um, – for first timers, specifically kata, let's talk about forms competition. What are some tips that you might have for number one, preparing for a tournament? Okay. Number two, training and practicing and and prepping for the form, right? That you're going to be performing or forms, because you should always have at least two or three in your bag of tricks, right? And three, tips for the actual performance. So let's start with preparing for the kata. So anyway, while you guys are typing, um, I just want to give my you know, two cents on why I feel tournament competition can be an important learning experience. Okay, now Rick Hellerman had mentioned earlier that it provides a learning experience. 
uh, for the students because it allows them to face their fears and insecurities and how to work through that, uh, not only during the prep time, but right there on the competition floor to work through their insecurities right then and there. Um, it also gives people a chance to allow themselves to, how shall we say, um, get to know themselves a little more uh, by number one, recognizing what fears that they have about tournaments or competition in general. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of look at it as, you know, how some people have a fear of public speaking. Um, they don't want to look stupid. They're, they're afraid they're going to, they're going to stammer. They afraid they stutter. They afraid, they're afraid that their voice sounds weird or whatever, right? The same kind of stuff happens with first time, first timers in tournament competition. But the biggest thing I've found is that they don't want to let their school down, right? It's almost as if they, they want to be good enough, quote unquote, to compete. And you know what, there's, there's, yeah, you want to be good, but like, you know, if we're talking like six-year-old white belts, you know, they're not concerned about being good enough. They just want to go out there and try for that trophy. That's what they, that's all they want to do. Right. Um, But then we grow up and then we get, you know, we get these hangups and then we, then we get scared of like letting down our school or, or making ourselves look stupid um, or being afraid that we're going to mess up a form, you know? Um, but the trick is, is getting over that. Um, now tournaments also allow you to go to a tournament and learn from all the other competitors. Cause there will be competitors there that have competed in more than one tournament and you can learn a lot by watching them perform, even if it's not, in your own style. You can learn a lot by how they behave in the ring and outside of the ring, um, how they present their form. You can learn a little bit about little things such as um, what I call the eye flash, where you actually look where you're going to go next. Um, Proper use of key eye, where to put yells in and stuff like that. Um, And I'm going to be talking about yelling a little bit later. But as in like yelling during your introduction, but we're going to talk into that a little bit later. Um, And uh, also important uh, learning experience in uh, tournament competition that you have to learn to temper your temper in a way, right? You know, if you lose or if you come in second place, if you're one of those people that say second place is, is first place loser, if you are one of those people and you take losing too hard, then wow, good luck, you know, because I found that people that have that attitude, second place is first place loser, um, also tend to let wins go to their head. And they tend to like wear it around like a badge of honor and, you know, strut around, strut around and stuff like that. And I can't stand that. Cannot stand it. Um, so, you know, I've found that you can learn a lot through loss. Humility is one of them, right? You can learn a lot of humility that way. But also, you know, rather than bitching and moaning about why you lost, how about you just kind of look back at your performance and go, what did I do? What, what were the judges looking for that I did not do? 
what was missing from my kata? What element, what flavor, what emotional content or whatever was missing from, from that form? Um, you can learn from that. So um, lots of great learning experiences when you go to a tournament, win or lose. Um, my student Marvin is listening, and he said, when at a competition, it always helped me to ki loud two or three times before I performed in front of the judges. Oh, ki two or three times before you performed. Got it. Not, I'm going to get in front of the judges and ki three times. <laughs> right? Because, okay, I'm sure all of you out there that have judged forms or kata have encountered this, where you get a young person or even a young adult come up to the judges and they bow. They bow so hard, they slap the sides of their gi, and you're thinking, oh, my God, they just left the welt on their thighs. And then they come into their ready position, and they start screaming. Judges, my name is Restina DeJesus, and blah, 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 right? And spit's flying everywhere. Spit hits me in the face, and I'm like, back in my chair like whoa okay right and it always befuddled me why do they do that <laughs> it just it makes no sense to me why do they do that <clears throat> and um you know i get it you know some people think that you can um you can kind of show the judges your key your power your your confidence and stuff like that. I'm sorry. If you're screaming in my face, that doesn't, that doesn't show me necessarily confidence. It just shows me that, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You crazy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So let me know if you guys have experienced that or have seen that. Just raise your hand, just type down below, raising my hand. I heard that. Right. Um, so anyway, let's go to here. Let me take away my, uh, my whole like frame thing here, right there. Right. Um, let me take this away. So that way, oops, wrong one. So that way I can, uh, see a little bit better here. Let me try this. Oh, you know, I wonder, I wonder if it's because of this recent update I had to my Mac, why it's moving so damn slow. That used to be an issue with uh, some of my Windows laptops where if I did an update, something would mess up. Could be like the microphone or the audio or something like that. Something would mess up. Um, Let's see. Jane goes, can you see me in video chat? Almost, Janie. Um, I see that you're there, but your camera still isn't showing to me yet. So I can't see you yet. So try again, Jane. Try again. Try again. Um, I'm going to go ahead and post the link again on here in case anybody wants to uh, join us on BeLive. Let's see if Janie's camera is slowly making her way up. I just see a white box, Janie. I just see a white box. Do you see me? Janie, do you see me? I don't see your camera. (laughs) I see your name. 
Okay, so you see me? Okay, let me try something here real quick. Let me try to bring your camera up here real quick. I don't even have your I don't have your microphone either. I can't see your microphone. So let me see here. Let me push it to the stream. And nope, your camera has not popped up yet, Janie. It's just a blank thingy. So are you doing this on your computer? You can try it on your phone, too, if you have the BeLive app. But for some reason, I'm not seeing you. I don't know why. Hmm. Try again, Janie. <laughs> try again, please. Try again. Okay, so... Okay, so she says I'm gonna I'm gonna try the app. So uh, hung up on her there. All right, because <clears throat> sometimes you know it has to do with your Wi-Fi connection or whatever. Now, if you don't want to join us via the Be Live app or your web camera through the link that I just posted a minute ago, you can call us three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Let me repeat the number again: three four seven. Six seven seven zero six nine nine. I'm gonna put it back up here on my frame. Boom! Right there. All right. So three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. All right. Yeah, it's it. It does feel kind of weird to have that stuff like just floating over my head. <laughs> so <clears throat> now let's talk a little bit about kata prepping for. Prepping for kata. Okay, first off, if this is your first time competing, um, oh, by the way, if you guys have any students out there who are thinking about competing in their first tournament or, um, you know, kids, adults, that kind of thing, okay, have them tune into this show right now, all right, or share this show to their timeline if you have them as friends on Facebook. So first off, if you're going to compete in kata competition, and now let me back up a little bit. Usually at most uh, martial arts tournaments, they have uh, forms competition and fighting competition. Fighting being point sparring. Some places will have uh, flag sparring for the very, very young kids. Um, Some places will have Filipino stick fighting. Um, Some places will have uh, semi-contact sparring. Um, some places will even have sparring with Kyokushin rules, um, which I think is really dangerous. But, you know, <laughs> it's just kickboxing without gloves, right? Um, so anyway, since they have all of those types of uh, events, no matter what it is, it, uh, a martial arts tournament usually boils down to forms and some type of uh, fighting, be it grappling, sparring, what have you. Um, now within kata or forms, there are different categories or divisions. There's solo, traditional, right? Open, meaning that, you know, it's a choreographed, you know, freestyle form that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily belong as a require requirement, uh, form for a traditional art, right? Um, Um, and then there's um, musical entertainment forms. Uh, they might call it something a little bit differently in a tournament. Um, and then there's also group 
choreography forms are also known as synchronized forms. And then there's skit. Um, sometimes skits like fall within the, the confines of um, entertainment type of thing. Is it a form? Not really, but uh, it's choreographed. So we consider it that. So no matter what form or what division your form falls into, you want to make sure that you confirm what division you will be competing in or divisions that you're going to be competing in for that particular tournament. Most tournaments will be, will send out a flyer or you might get a flyer um, in the mail or pick one up somewhere. And the flyer normally has a list of all the divisions in there. And the divisions are normally broken up by age brackets, right? So you might have novice eight to 10 years old or novice, you know, uh, peewees, uh, four to six years old or something like that. Right. So, um, so they'll be break it, broken up into age brackets. You want to make sure that you confirm what division you're going to be in. And the reason why I say that is I've had some students that, um, that fill out their, their registration form right there when they get to the, to the venue and they, they just briefly look over it and then they check something off real quick. And it turns out that some, some like 10 year old checked off like adults, something or other, and they're waiting and waiting and waiting for their division. And it's not happening yet because they, they sign themselves up for an adult division, which usually comes after kids in, in some tournaments. So, and then it's a big rigmarole trying to change it because, you know, if you change it right there in the middle of the tournament, they have to change the, uh, the uh, competitor cards and uh, these competitor cards or sheets um, differ depending on uh, what organization um, that you're in. But anyway, confirm your event division. Number two, at your school, make sure that you get coaching on that kata. If it's a traditional kata, make sure you get coaching on the proper way to do that kata, the proper stances, uh, the kime or focus, uh, where you put kiai, where you don't, you know, stuff like that. Um, you want to work on your timing, your rhythm, your power, you know, your eyes, your the focus of your eyes when you're doing the kata. Um, and those are things that are best done with the coaching of your sensei or your seniors. Number three, get as much practice as you can as much practice as you can. Now you don't necessarily have to like be a gym rat or a dojo rat and, you know, go into the dojo and practice six hours a day, but you do want to make sure that you get in a lot of practice. I suggest that when you practice, practice the form facing different directions in your dojo. And here's why. When you practice a kata or a routine, always starting in the same direction, your mind will eventually start forming reference points. Like, for example, oh, move six, I'm, I'm facing toward the lobby, you know, move 14, I'm facing toward where the restrooms are or whatever, right? And that's how some people keep track of where they are in the forum. They go by reference points. And then what happens when you get to a new venue, a big gymnasium with hundreds of people around and judges sitting in front of you that you don't know? You're in an unfamiliar uh, experience, an unfamiliar territory. It's not your dojo. A lot of people will brick. A lot of people will mess up because their references aren't there. And then their minds go blank, right? 
So, you know, you want to make sure that you practice facing every direction or even outside of your dojo, practice in your backyard, practice, you know, in the park, practice somewhere that is not in your home dojo. Or you can try something like, um, this is what I used to do with, with my students, rather than f- having them face a mirror or, you know, a wall, a flat wall, I'll have them face the corner of a room. And I'll say, now do your form. So it'll, it, it forces them to have to pay attention to their bodies and make references from their body position, not where they're looking, right? Um, another training tip that I normally do with my uh, students is I have them do the routine blindfolded, right? Sometimes people will actually, it's, it's almost like their eyes affect the rest of their body, Right? When I put a blindfold on some students, all of a sudden they don't know what a horse stance is. <laughs> all of a sudden they, I, they don't know what an outward 45 strike is, right? Which is also known as a forearm block for other arts, right? <clears throat> so, you know, you want to just, you know, get as much practice as you can. Um, John Lupo writes, stage fright can be an even tougher competition than a live opponent. That's right. That is right. All right, number four from my particular tips on how to get ready for um, kata competition is you want to do like mock tournaments or mock events with classmates uh, to practice stuff like your introduction, if your style allows you to have an introduction. Um, It also gets, gets you to practice performing in front of people, right? Now, what's an introduction? Well, in some open tournaments, competitors will approach the ring, they'll bow at the edge of the ring, walk or run smartly to the judges, salute or bow, and they'll introduce themselves. And, you know, it depends on the school how they introduce themselves. Um, Normally, it goes name, school that you represent, your teacher, and the form you're doing. Some people just do their name and the form they're doing if it's an in-style tournament, right? But for open tournaments, I had always said my name, the school I represent, and the teacher that I studied under, and my routine. And I also ask the judges for permission to begin my form. So, for example, I used to do stuff like, good morning, judges. My name is Restita De Jesus. And I hail from Progressive Fighting Arts under Siku Terry Faircloth. The form I would like to perform today is competition form six. With your permission, sir or ma'am, may I begin? And I wait for a nod or an acknowledgement, salute again, back up to my performance space. All right. So it was just a way for them to, to confirm that the competitor that they see on their card is the competitor that's, the competitor that's in front of them because sometimes mistakes happen. So <clears throat> there you go. So it gives you a chance to practice that and to say it without flubbing up, right? I mean, I've had, I've heard people, you know, uh, and I got a funny story. This was years ago. I was the center judge in a particular ring, and one of my kids was competing in that ring. Now, I can be, I can be, you know, non-biased and fair, even though they're, they're my student, but he came up looked right at me and said, good morning, judges, or not good morning. He said, good evening, judges, because that's what he practiced 
at the school because it was evening whenever he was practicing. <laughs> he goes, good evening, judges. My name is blah, 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 blah. And I come from Seattle Wushu Center. And my teacher is Sifu. And he said my name backwards. It was something like Restita de Jesus or uh, Restita Sifu de Jesus, <laughs> something like that. And he just kept flubbing up. And uh, another time, a long time ago, I, I had an adult introduce himself as me. <laughs> so, whoops. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, there you go. Okay. So, we've got a lot of people that have just tuned in. We've got Sarah Huff. Uh, Maddie Elvins is still watching. Tony Collins just joined us. And April Vidal just joined us also. Hi, April. Uh, Lynn Varghese uh, is also watching. Joe Neal Martin is watching. Eric Saxon's watching. Stephanie Zimmerman's watching. Jose Ramos is watching. Who else? Angel Fellows is watching. Mr. Lonnie Walker. Hi, hi Lonnie. Speaking of skilled tournament competitors right there, Mr. Lonnie Walker is an incredible tournament competitor. He has more first place trophies than I can count. Than he's got more first place trophies than I have hair on my head. <laughs> he is a, just a wonderful tournament competitor. I had the honor of competing against him a few years ago. He's a wonderful person. Rick Harrison is also watching. Pierce Waters is watching. Uh, Donald Wong was watching along with Peter Chan. So we got a lot of fans. So if you like what we're talking about so far, please share this show. Heck, just help out a girl here. Just share this show. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Um, now Rick Kellerman writes, if you're doing Tai Chi, um, let me back the comments up a little bit. Uh, if you do Tai Chi, get a nice flowing silk uniform to enhance the movement. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And, you know, and with a flowing, you know, silk uh, jingmo, it, it does really help because of just the way that it flows. And when you slow down and pause for just that split second in a posture, the shadows and the light catch into the folds of your uniform and it actually looks kind of like a sculpture in a way. That's kind of the way I look at it. Um, I have <clears throat> several Jingmo, um, all white, that have like peonies um, or dragons or flowers embroidered throughout the uniform and a robe of raw silk that goes over it with wide sleeves. So that way everything just flows, right? So even even the slightest breeze will get everything to just kind of flow. And it uh, and it works, and it just enhances the lines of a form. Now, speaking of which, when you – well, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but let's talk about your uniform. Some people prefer to stay with the traditional version of their, of their uniform. So, for example, if you do karate, they might just choose a stark white starched heavyweight gi. And that's cool. Some schools um, like mix and match the tops. Some places will have like a red top and black bottoms. That's what my school does. Some people will, will wear black geese. Some people will wear a black top with white pants or black pants with a white top. You know, um, doesn't matter. But you want to choose your your uniform 
accordingly to represent not only you, but the school that you're representing. Um, and uh, Maddie says, <clears throat> he says, I was going to read this a little bit earlier and I wanted to address this. So let's back up a little bit and I'll get back to your uniforms, right? Um, when I was talking about how some people are afraid of letting down their school, he writes, letting down the school tournaments aren't about the school and letting, letting it down for the most part to a point. Yes. If you do something stupid, like try to cheat only one, there's only one responsible for your winning or losing is you, the competitor winning is great, but no such thing as, but no such thing as defeat, only learning. Um, tournaments, he goes, tournaments aren't about the school. Well, I think you misunderstood me, Maddie. What people that I've encountered are afraid of is letting down their classmates. Because, you know, once you go to a tournament, very rarely does someone go to compete by themselves. I mean, I've done it. I know many people that have done it, but many times, if, especially if you're younger, you're part of a team from your school and you all go. Um, and of course they want you to win. They want you to do well. That's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of losing and letting down their team. Now they know full well in the back of their heads that their team isn't going to chastise them for, for losing. They're not going to get mad at their team member for losing, but that's just still a, um, fear that people have. And Maddie, you know, have you competed yet? Because when you do, when you finally do get to compete, you will meet people that will say that they were afraid of letting down their teacher or letting down their school. And the reasons go deeper than just, oh, it's not about the school. So I just wanted to let you know that. Okay, let's go to Rick Kellerman's um, post here. He writes, Preparing for forms competition. Now, this is a long post. I'm trying to, like, scroll it down here so that way I can read it all here. Um, preparing for – oh, where'd it go? <laughs> uh, I got to scroll up here. Let me scroll up. Go, go, go. Where? Where did it go? I lost it. Where? Like I tried scrolling and, oh, here we go. Preparing for forms competition. Number one, know your form so well that you can do it in your sleep. If I call you up at 2 a.m. and say, do your form, I want you to be able to do it. Number two, break it up into sections and perfect each section, then put it together. Number three, practice your form blindfolded. This will connect visualization, subconscious mind with conscious mind and internalize it. It also allows you to force yourself to to um, <clears throat> rely on body reference. Like earlier I was talking about how people get messed up because they're not looking at what they're supposed to be looking at when they do move forward or something like that. It's the same thing. It, it It's going to force them to really rely on proprioception. Um Number four, get a partner to, criti to critique your form. And may I add on that, um, when you do get critiques, you know, don't take it personally. They are giving you critique on what they see or what they think your teacher, your collective teacher, would want to see, <clears throat> right? All right, number five, if you do a jump kick, do a low stance before 
uh, before so in comparison, it will look higher. Um, exactly. Or, or vice versa, right? Um, I found that if you do something like – we have something called a cat jump, cat jump in um, our style. And what it is is basically you, you duck down and you slap the floor and then you jump up and you kick. And that kick could be just a simple jump front kick with the, with the other leg tucked in toward your butt. Or you could jump uh, – or you could like slap the floor and then just pop up with a whirlwind kick or an outside lotus kick. And it's something that, that, that I found has judges go, whoa, 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 what happened there? What? <laughs> so it's kind of a, a nice surprise. Okay. Um, six, if you do a hard style, wear a heavyweight gi for that added snap and crispness. A loose gi hanging all over. It looks like crap. Oh, my goodness. It's one of my pet peeves. You know, I once had a student once. Um, he was was a brown belt in Gojuru, um, and he came to me to learn Butokukan Karate when I was still learning Butokukan. And, um, you know, for the most part, he was a really good student, but he was interested in competing at an open tournament. And, uh, and, uh, we perfected his kata and I got to the tournament and I was like, Oh, where is he? Where's, where's Tim? Tim's not here. Right. And when he finally did show up, I was beyond flabbergasted his gi looked like he like washed it in a washer and left it in there overnight so creases would set in and then threw it in the dryer till it was just dry enough to wear it was horrible no iron no nothing his hair was all over the place and he literally looked like he just woke up I happened to have been in the bleachers at that time, and I remember running down the bleachers, and I'm, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, dude, what are you thinking? And he kind of shrugged and said, I just woke up. And I went, oh, 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 no, you don't. And I said, come here. And I said, so I just grabbed an extra gi in my, in my bag, and luckily we were around the same size. He was a little broader and a little taller but for me, the gi pants went all the way down to touch the top of my foot. On him, it went a little bit of a, above his ankle, and that worked. And I'm like, you're going to wear this, and don't, I, I don't want to ever see you in a wrinkled gi at a tournament ever again because you're representing the school, right? And w w what are you doing, right? So there you go. <laughs> it just looks ugly. If you don't iron your gi. So iron your gi, folks. You know, starch it if you have to. Nothing looks more sharp than, a, you know, like a nice stance and a nice technique with a nice snap um, in that karate gi. So, Janie, I see your, uh, your um, camera coming through. However, it's still white. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and um, take a phone call because we have a phone call. So let's try that. We're hooking up. All right. Okay. So area code, two seven area code 270. Welcome to Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? It's me. It's Jane. Oh, hey. Hey, Jane. <laughs> 
Hey, Jane. So I guess you, uh, I guess we're giving up on the camera. I don't know what's going on with the camera. I don't either. It's kind of torquing me off a little bit. It, it was torquing me off too because it worked for Tom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyway, well, well I looked we on have... my end and I said, yeah, but you can see me, right? Yeah. Well, you're, you're all good on your end. That's so weird. I don't I don't understand what's going on. But anyway, now that we have you on the phone, <laughs> now we can actually talk. So first off, everyone out there, if you can hear Jane on the phone right now, just put a yep, we can hear you, Jane, down in the comments below. All right. So with that said, what I'm going to need you to do, Jane, is to turn the volume down on your computer if it's up so that way there's no feedback. And then we can go. I'm on my Bluetooth. Oh, okay. So, what are some tips that you have for people regarding kata competition? Kata. Okay. Well, I'm not really sure what all you've covered because I was busy fooling with my PC here. But oh. um, (laughs) well, I went over. You know, make sure. I went over stuff Uh like make sure that you know what event you're you're competing in. Uh, mm-hmm. Pre-register uh-huh. if you can, right? Um, mm-hmm. Pick a kata or have your teacher pick a kata for you or choreograph one for you. Get coaching for mm-hmm. your kata. Practice till you know, you can do it in your sleep. That's what Rick Kellerman said. You want to work on your timing, yep. your power, your focus, being able to perform it, you know, inside out, upside down, facing any direction. Um, and getting and getting critique from classmates or your teacher, um, practicing in front of people to get used to um, performing in front of people. And that's what we have so far. Okay. Well, cool. Uh, looks like we've got some basics down here so far. Um, big thing, make sure you have the stamina for your class. Ah, because you, you don't have your stamina, and while you're going through it and you burn out quick, and don't forget to breathe. That's always a big one. Uh, <laughs> you're going to you're gonna burn out so fast, and then you're going to start off strong, and then you're going to end weak. So yeah. make sure that you, you, you have to train as hard as you practice for your, uh, for your competition and for anything that you do. So make sure you're doing extra jumping jacks. Make sure you're doing some running. Hit the bag some more. Make sure you've built up that strength and that lung power to keep you going. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that while you're practicing before your tournament, that you're not just walking through your uh, forms. Make sure that you are doing your forms and showing proper techniques. I don't know how many times I've judged this tournament, and I can't tell if it was a knife hand, if it was a hammer fist, if it was a back fist, what <laughs> the technique was supposed to be. Right. Right. You know, so um, make I can't agree with you more because it it this not disappoints me, but it makes me sad when I see competitors come up, you know, and they yell when they introduce mm-hmm. themselves. Rah, 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 rah. Oh, yeah, we hear you, right? Um, and then mm-hmm. they start, to and then in the middle they start to slow down, and you can tell they're getting winded. And you mm-hmm. can tell that they're losing the energy and stuff like that. And, you know, us judges, we have to, like, we have to call it as we see it. You know, oh, hey, right. you started with 0.0 for me, and now you're at 7.5, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Oh, man. <laughs> man, Absolutely. oh, man. So, yeah. Yep. I also, um, I also put, um, I actually have this particular point that I'm going to, uh, uh, that I'm going to say, uh, mainly for the, the, the sparring, I was going to say, you know, have the stamina, cross train, jogging, stairs, weight training, hit workouts, you know, um, do the bike or the elliptical or something like that. Um, and to, you know, just so you have the stamina, you know, because it does help a lot. It does help oh, a absolutely. lot. Well, yeah. the thing is, if you're not breathing, you're not, you're not, you getting all the oxygen to your muscles and into your blood and, and stuff like that to keep you going. It's just, you just stop and you're just going to burn out so fast. I mean, it's no different than sparring. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've done this before when I've done my cottage, I've held my breath because I'm so busy concentrating on my technique and my form <laughs> that I forget to breathe. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? You know, and I'm like, James, you have to breathe, chick. Come on, you know. So, um, you know, that's a big thing, and uh, you know, we need to uh, learn to relax and control. Um, mm-hmm. Did you go through eye eye control, like uh, look in the direction that you're going? Uh, very briefly, yeah. I I call it okay. the eye flash, you know, or head flash. Oh, okay. most importantly, yeah, okay. like move your head, because I I tell my kids you ain't got eyes in the back of your head or in the sides of your head. So you have to look where that imaginary enemy is. So you got to snap that head over there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, well, that's the thing. I mean, that's the first thing you should do before you move your body. I mean, cause mm-hmm. if you're in a regular fight, you know, in a real fight rather, um, how are you going to know somebody's coming? I mean, <laughs> you're going to do it. Blind. Right. So you gotta, you gotta, you got to, do your kata as if you're in a real fight. Right. So you exactly. have to make sure that you look. Um, power uh, power control. You know, you got to follow the rhythm of the kata. Right. Uh, as depicted for your form. I mean, you just can't, you just can't walk through it and be loose about yeah. it and think you're going to win first prize. It's just not going to cut it because, I can see when you get the hand. I mean, I'm a big, I criticize myself all the time, you know, and, and I've, I've had you uh, look at a couple of my katas and mm-hmm. I can see something that you don't see. Cause when I'm doing my katas, I film myself. Right. And right. That's what well, you know the kata. Do too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the kata and you can, and you can, you know, catch like little things, but you know, what's funny, you know, as competitors ourselves, we are our worst critics and we will catch the little thing that a judge that has no idea what your form is would do. Right. Um, even if they'll catch, if you forget, I mean, there've been times I've got this fun little story. Um, there was this one time where it came down to me and one other lady where we turned or where we tied for first place. Right. So Mm -hmm. the judge came over and said, okay, you have to do another form. And we're like, Oh, what? <laughs> right? and I'll have to. I'll have to admit, I was not prepared for that, right? Because I right. had put my, you know, a hundred percent effort on that one form that I was that that I did for that tournament that day, and the judges came up. Well, there's a tie for first, so you're gonna have to do another form. So, in my head, I'm like, okay, sir, and it felt like forever. In my head, I'm like, 
going through all my forms, which one can I do without messing up, right? <laughs> so right. I literally stitched together like three forms, you know, and luckily they were all similar enough to Wushu. And I added a little bit of Wushu in there to end strong and stuff like that. And I broke the tie. <laughs> I won that. Oh, cool. <laughs> you know, but nobody knew what happened there, that it was made right. up because there was no like pause. There was no like eyes looking around. Oh shit. I forgot right. where I'm at. You know? Or that yeah. far away stare. We've all seen that. That far away uh mm-hmm. stare. Um and uh and that's when I mark people down, when they make it obvious mm-hmm. that they uh, Right. Um but yeah. If, and and that's other- one of my and that was one of my points. Don't quit. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you forgot your form, if you just keep yep. going, make it up as you go, or, or or miss that part and go on to the next section. Exactly. It was an old saying: "Never let them see you sweat." So exactly. Don't let us see you sweat. You make it. <laughs> make it till you make it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um. Another you know, thing that I kind of want to. Oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. No. Um, John John writes, don't dwell on mistakes. Mistakes are lessons to learn from, not failures that will never go away. So true, John. So true. One thing I want to add in there is, you know, if you're a first timer, you know, many first timers go in and they do really, really well. These are like, you know, skilled, uh, skilled martial artists that have just happened to not compete before. And now they're competing. And the second they see someone who who they learn has sponsors or and has patches all over their uniform with their sponsors, you know, if they hear that they're seated for like, you know, the Pacific Northwest regional thing to go to mm-hmm. the you know, Battle of Atlanta or, you know, the US Nationals or something like that, um, it tends to uh it tends to um kind of scare them a bit. Don't let it scare you. Just because someone has sponsors, don't mean shit. Oops, pardon my French, but it don't, it don't mean it don't mean nothing. It just means that someone paid for them to be there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that you will lose. So well, that, that depends on the tournament as well. I mean, if it's just like a oh, like. I don't know. If it's not like a high-end tournament, right. high-end, like WKU World uh, Karate Union, um, right. I wouldn't even worry about the patches and stuff like that because it's just a local tournament. A lot of that stuff, you know, they don't even have to wear that. They just do as a scare tactic and also to get points from the judges. But as far as I'm concerned, wear your school uniform. If it's got those patches on it and you're representing that school, then do that. But yeah. wearing your grand champion patch, stuff like that, to me, I'm going to go ahead and set you at a higher bar right. already because you're wearing champion. You didn't come in humble as yeah. somebody Joe Schmuckatelli off the street would. Yeah. So I'm already going to set you at a high bar, and if, you don't, if you're not going to compete at my level, then guess what? I'm going to thank you. I mean, yeah. I've, had, I've had champions lined up. Uh, 
one time at one of our tournaments and they've been at one of the high ranking they've been cross country and, and world champions and stuff like that and I put all three of them together and I gave it to uh, my scores went to a lower rank because mm-hmm. they didn't do all the flashy stuff they didn't have I mean it's good to have confidence because you want the confidence right but they were almost cocky to a point so for yeah, me I, you're going to lose points <laughs> I can't I can't handle cockiness you know I'm one of those judges that tends to look, I pay attention, I start paying attention to someone the second that I find out that they're on deck. Well, John Smith is up and Joe Schmo on deck. The second someone's on deck, I watch them. So if they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, strutting around, you know, acting like their shit don't stink, or if they're talking to people while they're in the staging area and, and, you know, being audible, that becomes yeah. part of their kata to me, to me. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, well, that's not fair because you didn't judge the kata. And I'm like, no, because that attitude goes in their kata as well, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they're going to be stuck up about it or whatever, then that's great, you know. But it's not going to get any points for me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. I, I, uh, saw, I remember I, I watched some guy at a wushu tournament, cocky as all get out, just cocky, bragging how he was like, you know, a European world champion and this and that and the other. And he just, he just got out on the carpet um, during a break between divisions. And he just, you know, showed off and did all his wushu tricks and his butterfly kicks and butterfly twists and all his difficulty movements and made it look like he was warming up. You know what I mean? And some people were watching right. him. Going, Holy moly, that guy's good. Holy moly, right? And I'm thinking to myself, don't, mm-hmm. don't let it fool you because you know he he was like that in real life. He was you know kind of cocky mm-hmm. and or a lot cocky, you know, and always like riding on the laurels of his European champion. One time European championship, right? And um, <laughs> right. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, you know. And when he finally performed, his shoe flew off during a butterfly kick. And he just, you know, literally stopped the middle, grabbed his shoe, put it back on, and that just, like, brought down his points, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I could hear it tick, 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 you know, going down. Right. <laughs> That's what you get, you know. And, you know, even when he finished his form, he just lost wind. It started strong, but all it was was, you know, wushu tricks, which looked elegant and, and high jumping and very dynamic, but his basic horse stance wasn't low. You know, his, his inward blocks kind of sucked, and there was just no power in his punches. It was just all tricks, and he thought he could win by tricks. And, you know, he learned that day. He learned that day. He didn't yeah. like it. The second he got off the got off the carpet, he was swearing and carrying on, and I'm thinking, "Wow, get well, over yourself, well, dude." I I had a I had a uh, a competitor get mad at me because I didn't give him the score he thought he deserved, and it was funny because his father what? was sitting beside me at the judging table. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, so this is your dad." And he's like, yeah, he says, I don't know why you gave him that score. And I'm like, well, for one, as far as I'm concerned, as a parent, you should not be judging your own child on on, on a, a panel. Mm-hmm. To me, there's a, it's a conflict of interest. 
Yeah. Uh, I said, and two, <laughs> your kids suck. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but your kids suck. <laughs> you know, his kicks were not at belt level. They weren't even straight. They didn't snap. They were just, his foot just kind of flung out there. Um, his reverse punch was weak, and mm. there was poor technique all the way around. I said, so how do you want me to judge that? I'm like, if your yeah. technique's poor and you look like crap, you're going to get crappy score. Sorry. If I could give you a big, fat zero, I would. You know, and, and so the, the, the dad was a judge also? Yeah. I didn't wow, know that, that at the time. I saw Ryan's pride on his shirt, and I was like, wait a minute. And I kind of looked over, and then when when the kid came to me after judging was over, he says, I deserved a better score than that. And then he turned to his dad. He says, Dad, didn't you think? And I was like, oh, wow, wow. there's the connection. Wow. And then his mom came out of the stand, and then she came in. And so I had to call the curator of the tournament, and I said, um, here's the scores. This is what he got. This is why he got the scores that he did. Back me up. And he said, right? scores are scores. He goes, they're done. I can't, I can't believe that the kid came up and, and questioned you. Oh, what yeah. an idiot. Right. <laughs> yep. I can't, I just, yeah. And the yeah, dad. I, I made sure that I wasn't in his ring and sparring. <laughs> and the dad of all people thinking that his, his kid deserved a better score. What the hell? It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, these parents, I, you know, I never made sure, you know, when my daughter was uh, competing, I never made sure that I was not on her yeah. For her ring, whatever. Um, now, I coached her on the side, and that's totally different. But um, but to be at the table, conflict of interest, I wouldn't have anything to do with it. Even if even I was the last person there that could stand judge, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we would have forfeited just because of that. Because I'm not going to sit there and let somebody tell me that I'm biased because that was my kid. Exactly. It's gonna happen. You exactly. Know? And she and she made up her own forms and she did just fine without me. She didn't need me. Wow. You know, she was weapons champion for for a year or so and and did just fine on her own. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, sixteen years old. Yay. So, wow. Yeah. Danny Bowen writes in and Danny writes. Um, at my first tournament in 1980, I took first place in kata. I think the reason why was because I was nervous, and it helped It helped out a lot to me. If you're not nervous, you're not going to perform at your highest. Uh, at your highest. Um, and I'll have to agree with that. Um, my first tournament, um, I was nervous. I didn't win that, that day. Um, I got second, but, you know, it, it allowed me to perform. And, you know, it, this is kind of a funny story. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about Kat for a second. When Kat did her first kickboxing match, her very first, would you guys believe that she only had 10 days of training in boxing, mm-hmm. kickboxing, before she actually did this match, right? So, you know, she uh, only 10 days, right? She did, she did it, and it was like a small 
um, a small uh, venue and stuff like that, but she was nervous. Uh, but then when she managed to work up through those small venues and work up to where she was actually, you know, doing stuff at Madison Square Garden or wherever, right, um, mm-hmm. Las Vegas, she said that her first for her first world champion title, she was so scared. She was absolutely petrified. She was so petrified that it just made her hit hard. It made her kick hard. And um, so petrified that when the the girl went to go sit down, you know, for, uh, you know, between rounds, she's like screaming, what are you sitting down for? Come on, let's get it. <laughs> you know, but she, she, she was petrified. And that's when she won her first world title. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes it pays yep. to be cared. Yep. Uh, hey, Blaze Washington is on, and he goes, like I said the other day, respect. He had, uh, Blaze uh, uh, commented on a post of mine regarding um, disrespectful kids. And basically, we were talking about how, you know, kids these days have no respect, blah, 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 blah right? Not all, but, you know, the entitled ones, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he writes, like I said before the other day, and learning from mom and dad. That's right. That's right. Um, I have a little story about um, an instructor that got all uppity about a call that I made in a sparring ring. So what had happened was I was uh, I was uh, heading up. I was a middle judge for uh, a sparring ring, and these were like I think they were like 13 to 16 or something like that. Um, years old and you know you you have your coaches on either end and I went to go I I went to go say judges call but I had to stop them first because someone got hit and I had to process what was going on because it was like really you know really fast so I you know I crossed my arms and I said judges call and the flags went up and a split second later I put my hand out who I thought deserved the point which was the Mm -hmm. kid that got hit right and mm-hmm. then the instructor of the kid that actually did the hitting that was that had no control whatsoever, um, he goes, whoa, 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 hold up there, sweetheart. And he walked into the middle of the ring, and I said, excuse me? What did you call me? <laughs> and he goes, listen here, little lady. You put your hand out after they did. I'm like, no, we, you know, are you counting milliseconds? Is that what you're doing? And he's like, no, listen here, honey. And I said, don't you ever call me that. I don't care Mm -hmm. who you are, but I'm the judge in here. I lost it. I was, you know, Mm -hmm. shouting at the top of my lungs. I don't care who you are. You know, you don't talk to me like that in my ring. I said, you better get your butt over there. And he's like, no, 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 blah, 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 blah. My kid scored. I'm like, your kid hit that kid. Explain to me why his nose was bleeding. He hit himself. Oh, he hit himself. You'll do anything to get your kid to win. Oh, my God. Is this your son? Is this your son? No. Oh, it's part of your team? Okay. Cheating is not going to be going on in my ring either. And I said, nope, you got three seconds to get back to your side or, I'm, or your kid is disqualified. Three, okay. two. He went over there. He went over to his side, and he's just bitching and moaning and talking to people on the sidelines, talking about this bitch in the ring. 
And I oh, went, wow. Time out. Time freaking out. Well, time was already timed out, but I went, time mm-hmm. out. I looked at the timekeeper, time out. And by that point in time, the, the, um, moderate, uh, the moderator, um, what's the word? Arbitrator. The arbitrator comes oh, running over because someone else called him in. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. you know, and the guy started walking toward me again and I walked right to him. I'm like, what are you going to say? What are you going to call me now? You're going to call me honey bunch. You know, you're going to call me a little girl. What are you going to call me? What are you going to call me? I, I, I'm already been called a bitch. You're going to call me home now. You know, I was, I was just, I've never lost it against someone like that before. Uh, the arbitrator came between us and looked at the guy and goes, you better back up. You better back up. You know, you better back up. You have no idea who you're talking to. She has no idea who I am and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're right. I have no idea who you are. None. None. Am I supposed to? Yeah. Am I supposed to? I don't care. Oh, my gosh. And the poor kid, okay, the poor kid that did the hitting, sure, he had no control, but he was embarrassed. He was mortified that his teacher was calling, just being all sexist on me and stuff. Oh, listen up, sweetheart. Mm. You know? And I think I said to him, listen up, boy. I'm old enough to be your mom. You better sit your ass down. It's like, oh, my God. You know? Anyway, that guy did not come back to that kid's corner. He was, like, led out of the building. And that poor kid, I said, and I went up to the kid, and I said, listen. Just, you know, keep your kicks up. Don't kick to the groin. Don't kick so hard. Don't punch so hard. You're doing okay. You're doing okay. But he's crying at this point. Not only did he hit oh, a kid, yeah. his nose is bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, his teacher just completely embarrassed him and just took away, you know, his fighting strength. Just took it away because he was just so appalled. Now, the judges just had to talk about, like, you know, is this kid okay? Can he fight again? This and that and the other. And we all agreed he should be disqualified, you know. Right. And then we came, around, we came around to announce it, and the kid comes up to me, and he goes, ma'am, you know, if you don't mind, I'd like to count myself as disqualified. I'm like, why do you think that, son? He's like, well, I, I hit him, and that's not part of the rules. And I patted him on the back, and I said, you know what? I hope you're. I hope you practice a little better than what I saw today, <laughs> a little right. earlier. Yeah, in your senior, and he's like, "Yes, ma'am," and he accepted the loss and and followed the kid to the dressing room. From what I heard, and just kind of stood and talked with him and said, "You know, dude, I'm sorry," and this and that. And all the parents were going, oh, "It's okay, it's okay," blah blah blah. You know, but for a kid to take a loss like that and to to volunteer a loss, you know, to, mm-hmm. to abide by the rules. Oh, Yeah, it showed a lot of integrity. And I'm thinking, why is this kid being taught by that asshole? I have no idea. But I I found out later that this guy was one of those guys that like promoted himself like five degrees when in the course of like, you know, eight years or something like that. And that he's told people stuff like, yeah, I don't put stripes on my belt because because when I go to competitions, that just uh, that just scares people. And I'm like, oh, seriously? Goodness. Seriously? <laughs> what? 
Who is this I've guy? I've been that school in a heartbeat. <laughs> Who is this guy? I'm like thinking, you know, I mean, I couldn't believe that. Listen up, sweetheart, blah, 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 blah. What? And then to call me a bitch and then to, you um, know, I'm. Yeah, I had, I had uh, one uh, grandmaster. And I don't care who you are. Um, you don't, you, you either say ma'am or whatever. You show me the same respect I gave you. Um, came up to me and called me little lady. And I just kind of looked over him and I dropped that eye, um, kind of gave him that wolf glare. And he saw me and uh, the school I was with at the time. Uh, that master was standing off the side. He saw me drop my head and he knows my looks. So mm. he came by and grabbed him and said, um, I'll, I'll talk to her about whatever it was I, yeah, he needed to talk to me about. But uh, he says, no, we don't talk to people like that. I, <laughs> I, know. I, don't, I don't, you know, for in a martial arts, you know, venue, in a martial arts mm-hmm. event or something like that, you know, don't put your personal whatever way you talk, whatever sexist or not or whatever, don't bring that there. Because everyone right. there, you know, the belt that they wear is the belt that they earned. I don't care mm-hmm. if I'm a little lady in your eyes. I still outrank you. So exactly. that's the F up, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh my yeah, God. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I was tell my guys, you know, show everybody the same respect. It's yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. No, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It doesn't even have to be master in front of it. Exactly. What I wish some of these so-called masters would understand is that it's, it's still yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, to a lower mm-hmm. black belt, just to show Absolutely. the honor, you know, and, and none of this, like, yeah, Jim, Yay, John, you know, that kind of thing, uh, because yeah. you're upper. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, or, well, or, or the then what happens? Uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. Then what, ha- then what happens when they see the grandmaster start calling you, oh, Miss Jane or Miss Rustita, you know, then you've got your students come over, well, uh, Miss Jane, Miss Rustita, or, or, you know, whatever the case is, well, whatever happened to ma'am, you know, what, what happened to, uh, you know, uh, being polite here. Now I'm just like, what, I'm your friend now? <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we have to maintain the respect aspect. I mean, we're upper belts for a reason because we earned that title. So exactly. So as a lower rank, you still need to do that. And it's just a respect thing all around, no matter what rank you are. But I think we pretty much earned, I think we pretty much earned the man aspect of it. <laughs> Yep. All right. Let's go on into kata here. Um, so we had gone over um, some tips and tricks for uh, preparing for the kata. Now, what about the day of the tournament? All right. So some of some of my points here, and I want, would want everyone to uh, add in theirs. Now, depending on the tournament that you go to, you may or may not have to travel. You know, for me, for a lot of the local tournaments, it was just a matter of getting up in the morning and driving maybe an hour or two to a tournament, right? Uh, But for some, you have to fly. So regardless of which one it is, you want to make sure that, you know, before you leave, that you have a clean and pressed 
uniform. Don't come into a tournament with a wrinkled D. <laughs> you also want to make sure that your hair is arranged neatly, combed, right? Uh, women, put your hair up in a ponytail or a, or a bun, or at least do that when you get to the venue. Guys, make sure your hair is neat also. Uh, some guys go so far as to get a haircut and, uh, you know, manicure and pedicure and stuff like that for their nails and toes look cool and stuff like that. Um, guys, you know, if you have a beard, trim it so it looks nice and neat and stuff. Because if you've got scragglies and, stuff, you know, hair on your neck and it's all sticking out everywhere, then it looks kind of... Kind of like unkempt, mm-hmm. so make sure that you're trimmed. Um, and you want to make sure that you pack all the gear that you need. Make sure that you have all your weapons, um, extra uniform, always bring an extra uniform, the sparring gear, extra mouthpieces, you know, snacks, whatever. Make sure that your weapons are in good condition. You know, I don't know how many times I've seen a broadsword break off at the tang and go flying across the gym floor. Mm-hmm want to make sure that mm-hmm. you either make sure that you've got a good good sword or the screws on that rat tail tang are down tight. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> and also don't forget, day, your cup. And don't forget oh yeah, don't forget your cup. Don't forget. Don't forget. You ain't wearing I'm not caring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um on the uh, also on the day of the tournament, if you can eat a good breakfast and if possible, bring extra snacks and um, extra other types of drinks that you would want other than water. Uh, you always want to stay hydrated, of course. And if you get too hungry, you know, I, me personally, I'd much rather, you know, have like a, a small bag of almonds or like, a, you know, maybe even a powdered protein shake that I could shake with water or coconut milk or something instead of going and getting a nightshade filled hot dog at the power bar or something. Yeah, power bar or something, rather than getting something that that would sit pretty heavy. I just don't want to feel that pang in my stomach of hunger or that, you know, that weird headache that you get when you're hungry. Mm -hmm. I don't don't want that. So you want to make sure that you stay on top of, you know, making sure that you're comfortable, hydrated, that you've gone to the bathroom, that you're not starving, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So far, um, anyway, uh, John goes, this isn't the 70s. The scruff look is out regarding the guys (laughs) and their their hair on their neck. Dude, I've seen people in tournaments, right? They got the Jesus look going on, right? The long hair. Neck beard, dude. It's just no. That's a no. No bueno. <laughs> That's a no. All right. So if you guys have any other, um, any other hints and tips for um, how people can prepare on the day of the tournament before they have to travel to the tournament, uh, how to pack, what to make sure that they bring, and stuff like that. Please write it in the comments below or give us a call three four seven six seven seven. 0699 right there. Whoops, it's over here. <laughs> well, you got to be prepared to be there for a while and make sure you're at your ring or yeah. your cattle site, you know, and prepare to hurry up and wait because. Yeah, exactly. Things, I always tell my kids to be happy. Exactly. I always tell my kids to. 
to really listen up. And a lot of the tournaments, and I'm pretty sure it's like this in, in some, a lot, is that, you know, when you get your competition band or whatever, some people will actually will actually be printed on the band what, what divisions they're in, Division 42, you know, Division, you know, 12-13 ADV or something like that, right? I always tell them, listen to the overhead mics. Listen, listen, listen. Listen for staging for your uh, for your division. Uh, note your ring number and stick around that ring. Start warming up. Granted, it's only staging, but start warming up, you know? When someone calls your name to take roll, be respectful. Yes, sir, here, right? Bow. You know, do whatever other thing. So, now can we touch on this for a second? While you're at your ring and you're waiting, do not have your gear out all over the place. Make sure it stays patched and deep behind you, leaning up, right. and only take it out when you need it. Yes, 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 yes. I, you know, it it it, it pains me to see people like having all their sparring gear strewn all across the floor when they're competing in kata. Now I get it. There might be kata rings going on at the same time and blah, blah, blah. And they just need to have their stuff ready to like, you know, run over there after they do their, you know, kata or whatever, but don't have it strewn about. That's what gear bags are for. Oh, right. <laughs> what a gear bag, right? And uh, preferably not near the ring. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've seen kids trip over sparring gloves and stuff like that because they get kicked into the, you know, kicked near the edge of the ring and kids are trying to come out and they trip. And it's like, yeah. oh, my. You I've know. Had to stop a fight just because of that stuff. People get, kids getting silly or they'll play around right there and, and or they'll get their bows out and they'll start mm-hmm. screwing around there on the sideline and they'll lose one and I have to stop everything. But yeah. <laughs> if you don't get out of the way. <laughs> Into the ring, yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Um, let's see here. Staging and preparation. Oh, okay. Here we go. So you are staged. The ring is active. You know you are on deck. You are next after this person in front of you. What do you do? Well, make sure that when you're waiting for your turn, um, wait in an attention position, right? And wait for your turn. Now, in some karate tournaments, um, the person that's next will stand with their feet together in an attention position, not not facing the ring, you know, facing, uh, you know, parallel to the ring, and they'll just wait. They will wait until the previous competitor um, is done. The previous competitor comes to the edge of the ring, bows to the judges, turns and bows to you, and then you mm-hmm. make your right. So just stand at attention, you know, stay focused, use that time to focus on your form, right? Don't look at them performing because for some people that will completely mess up your game. So just focus on your own thing, right? Um, And, you know, just, just be respectful. Don't talk to anyone on the sidelines, you know, just be respectful. Now, how, mm-hmm. let's go during your kata performance. Let's go, let's go to that real quick. I'll just do a few, and Jane, if you have some, um, we'll, we'll list yours too. During your performance, bow respectfully and conf- confidently upon entering the ring. Take your time to introduce yourself to the judges if you have to do that. No screaming is necessary. Let me say that again. 
no screaming is necessary. We know Can you're you talking. One more time for good measure. No screaming is necessary. <laughs> Thank you. You know, we know as judges that you're confident. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in a tournament. But don't be screaming and and spraying spittle all over the judges' line because that doesn't show us confidence. That just shows us that you know you're spitting. You know. And I'm not at Sea World. I don't need to be in the splash zone. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at Sea World. Sea World deserves a rim shot. <laughs> Um, you know yeah that doesn't show us confidence I mean some kids and adults will scream so loudly we can literally smell what they just ate it's not it's not fun it's not fun (laughs) all right now if during your introduction if you need more room especially in Chinese forms ask for more room you know, because mm-hmm. that will allow them to stop, to request the next ring to stop to allow you to go into that one. Nothing sucks more than you forgetting to ask for more room if you're doing a Chinese routine and you go into the next ring where someone's performing. And that's not fair to that other ring because they might ask that person to go again. It's not mm-hmm. fair. So ask for more room. <clears throat> All right. Um Take us and and uh, when you get when you get done introducing yourself to the judges, just take a second. Once you find your place in the ring, take a second to compose yourself. Don't take too long. Just take a second. Okay. Time does not start until you do. All right. Um. Now after your form, okay. Regardless of how well you think you did, right? Salute. Upon getting your scores and salute when exiting the ring and salute to the next competitor. That's the, that's the way you do it. So there you go. So, Jane, what tips do you have during performance? During performance, but, uh, pretty, much the, pretty much the same. Just make sure that, you know, you, uh, you uh, don't scream. That's always a big one for me. Um, mm. Don't forget to bow before you start. Just don't start. Make sure mm-hmm. you finish strong and you end strong. Right. Uh, you know, and just do the best you can. Try and try and be as dynamic as you can. Key up in all the right spots. Only you know your form. You know where the key outs are. Um, right. The uh, and don't key up through every move <laughs> you make. The kids get so nervous and so amped up because they can't remember where their key outs are or just, you know. You know, uh, it just brings me back to that, you know, viral video of that lady screaming every move in her kata. And it just pains me to watch it. There is a... um, There's a uh, girl that does who's on the tournament teams and stuff, and uh, I call her the banshee because <laughs> everything she does is a scream, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, just stop, 
Oh, <laughs> not everything is a yell and a scream. And it, but I mean, and it's long and drawn out. And I don't know if she's doing that because she's trying to, well, she did this one thing where she put her foot out and then she dipped down and she stay in that pose uh, oh. and then she come back up. So I don't know if it was supposed to be a dramatic moment or what, but mm-hmm. um, to me, she was just wasting time. Yeah. I'm good. You've got balance. Awesome. You can right. show me that in, in another way. But, uh, <laughs> but to sit there and scream on your way down and on your way back up, and that took about 30 seconds of her time. I, I didn't know if she was trying to call somebody home or what, but I was done. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's go to the phone lines again. We have someone that's being very patient and has held for almost seven minutes. We've got area code 631. 631, you're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? Hi, it's Rick Kellerman. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I just have a couple more things to add. Sure. Um, one of the things is you get judged not when you enter the ring. You get judged when you enter the tournament, sometimes even the parking lot. So depending upon how your behavior, you know, let's say you're a judge and you see kids in the parking lot and they're screwing around and they're cursing or whatever, you know, and then they get into your ring and you go, oh, that guy. Yeah. So they don't realize that their behavior is reflecting upon them and it's going to make an impression. And I learned that the hard way when I was like a brown belt. And I'm in the dressing room getting ready, and there's another guy putting on his uniform, and he says, oh, you're competing? I said, yeah, 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 I'm doing forms. And I start to talk about how most judges don't know what they're looking at, the judges suck, this and that. And he says, well, good luck. So I go out there. I get into the ring. Guess who my judge is? Oh, no. That guy. (laughs) And I make eye contact, and, like, you know, I almost, you know, (laughs) lost it in my shorts. And he's smiling at me with this knowing look, like a slight smirk. And I'm like, oh, shit, I am done. Um, I I took first. Okay, yay. But uh, that was a a huge learning experience. Wow, Rick. Holy moly. And, yeah, I mentioned that a little bit earlier, too, that, you you know, for me, you know, if I don't see someone prior, you know, I, I watch them when they're in staging. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're up on deck, I watch them. So if they're like, you know, playing around with their bow or they're standing in the staging area in attention and they go and walk away and talk to somebody and laughing and being audible, then that's going to affect their score. And I've actually had people say to me, well, that's not fair because you're not judging his kata. And I'm thinking, well, to me it is because that attitude goes into the form, right? And yep. And, and it just it'll it just screams like disrespect. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it's funny um, saying disrespect. It kind of goes both ways uh, for competitors when they're up there, and you know you have that one judge and he's looking over in the other ring watching his his student, or mm-hmm. he's kind of short going through his forms while sitting there. He's kind of like doing hand motions. And uh-huh. one of my teachers kind of taught me that. When you go up there and you do your presentation, you go, judges, if they're not looking at you, you wait until they kind of look up and like, oh, yeah. Then you go, my name, you know, get their attention, but, you know, don't be a wise ass about it. You know, do it respectfully, but you have to make sure that the judges have your attention also. 90 seconds. What's going on? I guess there's only 90 seconds on the Blog Talk radio side. We can go a little longer. It's just that Blog Talk radio will cut out. But first, I want to be able to show John Lupo's comment. He goes, again, 
Some people honestly must be getting their tenement etiquette from movies because some of these people can yell louder than an elk that just sat on a porcupine. <laughs> 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 I like that one. <laughs> so, okay, I'll let and, you go. I'm going to give somebody else a chance. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Rick. Okay, we'll talk nice to you later. talking to you. Bye. Nice talking to you. Bye. And that was Rick Kellerman. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, and uh, self-destructed, 90 seconds. No. And now it's 36 seconds. And self-destruct. We'll see, because I think as long as Jane is on the line, it, it remains open. All right, now let's uh, move the sparring, point sparring, specifically for now, because, you know, unless someone has been training for semi-contact sparring or Kyokushin rules, then, you know. Oh, my God, right. hold on. My dog is sitting behind me. Oh, Hunter. Oh. Hunter just farted. <laughs> Oh I was going to say, did you just get death coughing? <laughs> I swear to God, whenever he gets into the cat food, it just smells like all up in there and die. Oh. <laughs> you love to spare me love. You know, you, you know the, the, the face that cats make when they smell something weird? It's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That gag reflex just hit. <laughs> and it doesn't help that his ass is facing me. <laughs> and he's, he's fast asleep, just farting away. <laughs> I my computer so everyone can just see. Can I do this? Let's see here. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there he is. Oh, his ass. It's <laughs> he's all like half asleep. God, okay. You're like what, man? Let's go. Eric, Eric Dutra goes. Did he get to the cat food again? Yes, because I was an idiot and didn't position the chair right after I got done mopping. Boo. So that's my fault. I guess I deserve, you know, the fart in a closed room. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all right. So let's get the sparring. Um, the sparring, all the same, I feel that all of the same prep type stuff, you know, yeah. for practicing and stuff yeah. like that applies with the only difference being that, you know, that you spar with as many people as possible. If there are schools that have open sparring nights that are, that invite, <clears throat> you know, any school that wants to come go to it because now you're sparring against people that you're not used to, right? right? Sure, you can spar people in your own dojo and stuff like that, but, you know, the real test comes if you're sparring people that you don't know. So get as much practice in as possible. Um, you know, it'll allow you to, like, try out different strategies with people that you don't know. Um, you know, also see if you can get some, you know, private coaching or hints and tips from your teacher or their master. And why did the hunter fart get worse? Did he fart again? Oh! Oh, oh my God! Lord, oh, Lord, dude! Oh! Because oh. that's for making it on. Because that's for telling my stuff on the air. Get you back. I can, I can taste it back. 
<laughs> that's awesome. Oh my god. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, John Lupo. John Lupo says it's ass gas. It's ass gas. Ass gas. That's right. It's napalm. Oh, and Rick Kellerman writes, that must be the self-destruct dog fart bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, honestly, I yesterday I had to, this is off subject for just for a second, but yesterday I had to set an appointment for him to get groomed and, and to get brushed with a Furminator brush because, you know, he's starting to shed a lot. Right. Uh, which is funny. He's shedding now so he can just get his winter coat. But go mm-hmm. figure. Um, right. But I had. Uh, but I also um, in the in the bath and brush service, they also do you know the anal gland cleaning. And I'm guessing uh-huh. he needs it because the poor boy, you know, the poor boy's not pooping as much as I think he is, and I think it's because it it's it's uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And is smell awful 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 and he keeps licking his ass and i'm like okay well, it's either yeah when they get in packet, it's nasty yeah yeah and it's not yeah it's not smelling so so great so i'm hoping that they can help him with that um because i don't want to do it no <laughs> yeah, no i uh i was a vet tech on and off for years um, uh-huh. And that was my least favorite thing to do in the world was anal sex because when that stuff uh-huh. shoots on you, boy, you can't get that crap out. You uh-huh. go home stinking bad. The only thing I can think of is like you know Doctor Pimple Pimple Popper on YouTube. Sometimes yeah. there's a reason why she wears a face shield, and because you know. <laughs> You know, because you know, sometimes when she, you know, pops a big cyst or whatever, it just goes, ow, and then there's, like, shit everywhere, and it's like, oh, my God. Anyway. She's a better woman than I am. And you guys had, I'm, I'm assuming you guys had to wear face shields, I would I would assume, <laughs> right? Well, we didn't have the face shield like she did. We just had, like, the regular uh, safety goggles. So oh, no. they got in your mouth. They got in your mouth. If you're stupid enough not to stand off to the side, but sometimes you couldn't help it because sometimes the angles uh, in which your finger went in, Uh you know, it would like come towards you. It was like having a loaded gun and drop ass. So. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, accidents happen, right? (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Maddie writes. Someone called nine one one. We have a biological weapon in Sifu's place. <laughs> it's better now. Look at me. The window is open, but boy, for just that five minutes, it was like, oh my god, like one, two, and it was like, oh my god. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, Rick also goes, don't call your own points. Judges hate right. that. Oh, my God. I hate mm-hmm. it with a passion. I hate it when they, when they like, hit somebody and then they, like, run off with their fists in the air, in the air and they 
disappoint me. I got that. I got that. And, and I just stand there and go, keep going. You know? And sometimes, no, like, no. one time I only did that just because, even though it was a good point, I did that just because he was being an ass about it. I'm like, nope, keep going. Right. And then all the other that, judges started laughing. I'm just like, you know. <laughs> well, that's also one of the tricks. So if you can get your opponent to um, get in front of the judge, judge's right. view, and if you, like, yell really loud and then uh-huh. go off like that, you got the point, then you can kind of, I mean, if they're... You can kind of fudge it that way, yeah. You know, and, yeah, because yeah, some people will call points that they don't see. I have to physically see it. Um, I do, too. That's just me. I'll I have to, I don't see it. Yeah, and people can get in my face all they want, and I'll just say, I didn't see it. You ran into sure. me. I didn't see nothing. So there you go. Um, what else here? Oh, cross-training. You know, we had mentioned this in the kata section, but don't be afraid mm-hmm. to do some cross-training because, you know, you do want, you know, to, to move quick off the line. You do want to be quick. So do training that will allow for that. Um, also uh, do training that will allow for better stamina, whether, whether that's running stairs or doing the elliptical or jogging or whatever. Uh, make sure that you have the stamina. So there you go. During staging, it's the same thing. Listen for your ring. Um, you know, be respectful. Don't talk smack about other schools or other competitors. Um, basically, the same stuff as kata. Now, during the match, during your kumite match, stay friendly. You don't want to necessarily go in there with the "I'm going to kick your ass" attitude, right? Mm-hmm. I've done that too many times. Um, number two, don't question a judge's call. Okay, um, and your coach should not either. Um, Number three, don't let your temper get the best of you. I've seen people have just serious conniption fits because a point that they thought they scored went to the other side. And, you know, I've seen people, you know, throw their gloves off and walk off. I've seen people, like, um, just have a fit. There's this one video, an old video from the 80s, of some guy having a fit and knocking over judges tables and stuff like that. It was for a grand wow. championship movie. And he ran over to the to the trophy table and took the trophy and he kept saying, It's mine. It's mine. And people are telling him to calm the hell down and stuff like that. And it's like, wow. And if anyone remembers anything like that from the eighties, I'm interested in knowing who that was. Because that was just abhorrent behavior. Just crazy. Um, right. Just crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, remember your attention. That's right. Number five, watch your control. And number six, always be a good sport after the matches. Rick Kellerman has um, number seven. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Rick says four corner judges and one center. Position yourself so the three judges are to your back. The judges won't see your opponent's strikes to your body. That's a good one. I used to use that one a lot. That's called that's uh, ring management. Ring management. Um, Oh, Ernest Hyman. Ernest Hyman. So that guy must be well into his like 
well into his 50s or 60s by now, 60s at least, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm going to have to look that video up again because I, I wonder if, if right. any of his students learned from that or if he's still teaching, you know, and has turned over a leaf, you know. Um, number eight, lose with dignity. That's right. Lose with dignity. You know, let's face it, folks. You know, I hate to put it this way, but like when you're doing point sparring, with very little or no contact, at that point, it is a game of tag. And you just have to be more wily, quicker, and more strategic in how you get in. You know, um, and, and when I say it's a game of tag, I don't you know, mean to make it sound like it's nothing. Because that same timing and that same rhythm, you know, is useful in actual combat, in actual self-defense. So don't get me wrong. But, you know... In, in that sense, though, it is a game of tag where you have to have your points seen. But that same sense of, you know, being, you know, like tricky like a fox and fast and flexible and unpredictable and stuff like that um, and with impeccable timing, that's really that's, uh, that's really a skill that, that can help you in self-defense. I've known some right. really wily people, and you're like, where did that strike come from? It just came out of, like, left field. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. people's legs not bend that way. You know, <laughs> right. yeah. those inverted kicks, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of kids who like to kick air, and I always tell my students, you don't get points for kicking air. Yeah, you know, yeah, so get in there when you can, hit and go. Yeah, you know, or yep. Yep, yep, yep. Now, oh, Rick Kellerman sent the link to to that video. I'm wondering, I'm trying to figure out how to share my screen. Let's see if we can watch it. It's probably going to be in, well, no, just uh, it's not going to work because my my resources are already taxed out. If I try to stream a video while I'm streaming video, it's uh, I'm going to come to a complete halt. <laughs> So Rick Kellerman posted the link to that video of that guy that just had a conniption fit at losing and just stole the grand champion trophy. Uh, feel free to watch it and, uh, you know, to, yeah, no judging, but, you know, I just thought it was just, just awful. Anyway, you know what? It is 8.13, and that means that Blog Talk Radio is eventually going to kick. Oh, it did. It kicked Jane off. (laughs) Whoopsie. So it kicked Jane off of Blog Talk Radio. So we're just going to call it a day, and I'm going to um, get some I'm going to get some food. Yeah, Jane, you got kicked off because Blog Talk Radio does not stay online as long um, as it used to when we went off the air. Um, I used to be able to use Blog Talk Radio for up to an hour after um, the actual show stopped recording. But now they're kicking people off the actual phone line part a lot earlier. So, yeah. Oh, here's another one. And I've seen this. Um, uh, people putting a higher rank belt on a lower rank student. Now, why would people do that? Putting a lower rank 
student on, in a higher rank so that way they can compete in an upper division. I don't understand that. You know, or the other way around, a higher belt putting a lower belt so they can compete with lower um, experienced students and win. Um, that was, uh, you know, that was a thing. Eric goes, I have a bad habit of giving away that I was scored against. I've lost too many points that way. Well, here's the thing, you know, Eric, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, you know, it's kind of like fencing. Oh, touch, you know, you touched me. You got me, right? But honestly, if a judge sees the point, right, then they will call it. If they don't, then they won't call it, right? So, but, you know, if someone goes, oh, you know, if some judge didn't see it and just heard you say, oh, you you know, he got me, and then make their call off of that, then, you know, just my just my thought that maybe that judge should just not call a point if he didn't see it. But, you know, I see that happen a lot with, like, newer judges, people that have only been judging maybe a couple of years on that kind of thing. So there you go. Anyway, a big thanks to Jane Larkin-Miser for joining us here on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. And a big thanks to you folks for chiming in on some of your hints and tips on how to help uh, newbies to the competition world. Um, Now, all of these uh, points apply to even BJJ tournaments, right? So if we take, you know, points such as um, get as much practice um, in your strategies and techniques with classmates as much as you can, roll with other schools and stuff like that as much as you can or whatever, um, if they have open, open mat night or open roll, um, you know, do it, you know, everything's the same, be respectful, you know, um, be in shape, be ready for your competition. And for those of you who are going to be competing anytime soon, good luck. We hope some of these tips have helped you. If you have any questions whatsoever, go to your teacher, ask as many questions, right. And, um, they'll understand because I'm sure they've competed too. And they understand your, your concerns and a little bit of insecurities and fears as well. And they'll help you through it. Trust your sensei. Um, let's see. Let's go one more. Uh, one more comment here. I'm curious. Have you seen judges not calling shots a blind man could see? Well, here's the thing, Maddie. If you're up in the, let's just say you're up in the bleachers or, you know, sitting nearby or standing nearby. Just because you saw a point does not mean the judges, all the judges can. And here's why. If you see it, depending on the angle that you see it, the judge directly across from you will not, depending on whether or not that person has their back to them or whatever. And that happens a lot. Hey, I'm short. Right. So when these big, you know, big people come in the ring and, you know, and all I see is back. Right. And maybe like, you know, red gloves or something on the other side. If I don't see the point because their back is covering it, then I will not call it. And I've had people tell me I was blind or whatever. And I just put them in the place. I just put them back in their place. I'm like, nope, sorry back was toward me, I didn't see it score. And I'm not going to say that it scored just because everyone else did. Right. So, you know, and I, I used this line once I'm a, I'm not a follower. I'm an honest judge. So it's either you take the call or you don't, but don't come, 
you know, don't come in here calling, you know, calling me blind, because if you want to do that here, here's a flag, you stand here. And the last time I used that line, here's a flag, you stand here, they back up and they go, oh, well, because well, uh, these are mainly like parents, you know, classmates, you know, people that walk in from the street, you know, what are you blind lady? Here, you take it then, you try it. Uh, 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 I'm not a black belt. That's right. How about you let one, how, how about you let a black belt be a black belt then? Back up. You know, I've, you know, I've never told anyone to back up, but, you know, I have told someone, here's a, here's a flag. Here you go. And I'll step away from the corner. And then they, that's when they usually back off. So anyway, um, so just on that note, just because a blind man could see it, just because you thought it was obvious, doesn't mean another judge had seen it. So you know, again, it's just something that you'll learn, Maddie, once you actually get into the ring, because, you know, you're not a black belt yet, you know, and you don't have, you know, you don't have that experience yet. You will eventually. But believe me, once you get in there, it's not all that cut and dry. So, you know, um, keep up your training and maybe one day you'll be able to do some of the judging. Um, Janie writes, commit to the kick. Don't give up on the technique. If your opponent dodges the kick, follow through and set yourself up for the next technique. All right. So anyway, thanks everyone for making this show a fun one. If you have any other things you want to add, put them in the comments below because this show will be archived and all your comments will be saved. So share this show with anyone that you know that wants to get into tournament competition or will be competing in their first tournament sometime soon. So thanks, everyone. We'll see everybody next time. Bye, everybody.